This is the Idea Time Podcast with Dr. Joe North. Welcome to the Idea Time Podcast. Tune in every week for practical tips, strategies, and interviews that will help you to achieve greater professional and business success by thinking more creatively. And now, here's your host, Dr. Joe North. Hi there, welcome. I'm going to talk a little bit about dysfunction in teams and why teams might be broken and then move on to the theme of trust and then I'll share a suggested agenda with you that you can use and adapt and tweak uh, if you're experiencing sort of the same situation and you want some ideas in terms of what you can do with broken teams that you might be facilitating. So for those of you who haven't met me, I'm Jo North and I love facilitating. I facilitate thousands of people every year. I facilitate all over the world and I also help facilitators to learn how to facilitate as well. I run the Idea Time Academy, which is a membership site full of training and resources to help facilitators expand their creativity, confidence and skills in facilitating and, and expand their impact as well. So we will get going and I'm going to just flag as well that we've got some great resources that I've posted in the links. So in there you will see a link to Lencioni's Team Dysfunctions. You'll see a link to a short 60 second video that I made about trust that's in the YouTube channel. And you'll also see a deeper article on Teams collaboration, getting people to work together and conflict. So there's some great resources there for you and I hope you found them, find them helpful. So we will get started. The thing I would say is that teams, of course, can be broken for a whole number of reasons. And anything that that you do needs to be, of course, handled with great sensitivity and courage. So having that balance to be sensitive, to really dial up your emotional intelligence, really listen in deeply and go into the facilitation as clean as you can. When I say clean, I mean emotionally clean in terms of your your baggage, uh, any sort of you know negativity or emotions about anything that you may have um, is, is out of the way, that you're there ready to really listen in and serve the people that you've got in the room. I'd also say that a day or two of facilitation can help make a big difference, but sometimes the issues are so deep that it will take more than that. So what I'm suggesting is really a start of a 10. It's about getting going and starting the conversation rather than necessarily you know, getting everything sorted all in one go. And I would suggest that if possible, if the budget allows it, if people's home and work life allow, allow it, then book something that where you can go off-site and you can go overnight so that people can have some dinner together, they can relax in the evening together and, and actually talk to each other as well outside of the formal facilitated session. And, you know, even if you can go from lunchtime uh, on one day to lunchtime the other day, then that really does help. And before I get into a suggested agenda, you might want to consider using a tool such as TMSDI's Team uh, Management Profile, which is a psychometric tool. It's really, really good. It's, it's high, got high validity, high reliability, and it helps people understand their preferred roles within teams at work in a really good degree of depth. People get a really in-detail report about their preferences and also you can get a, a team profile when you put everybody's preferences together and I've used it in numerous situations I'm licensed to use it 
and it always generates fantastic conversations, um, really improved understanding of people, um, and you know, really getting sort of tuned into where other people are coming from and why they're doing what they're doing, so that with that increased understanding, they can build that team together. So you might want to use a tool such as that. There are other tools, of course. That one is my favourite um, because I've had such fantastic results with it, and it helps you and the delegates understand how they relate to other people, how they make decisions, how they structure their time, what, you know, what they like to spend their time doing in terms of preference and how all of those things are more how they drive behaviour and preference. So we'll, we'll get started on the agenda with the, you know, just introduction and really take some time to plan and think about your session opener when you're working with teams that need some additional support because how you set the tone and the scene will be really important. I'm of a view and there are people who may disagree with this and that's that's fine there's no right or wrong way there's only the way that you find effective and I'm sharing with you what I find effective when, when I'm leading these sessions is to focus on where the team wants to be, what high performance looks and feels like, what being a great team is really all about and work on getting there rather than necessarily dwelling too much on what's wrong particularly. You can get there, you can talk about that a bit later but when you're starting off um, so you know we, we, we want to be the best team that, that we can be and really open it up and create a team vision. So um, I to use metaphor to do this so a metaphor really is using an object or something something else that's removed from the thing in question so that you can shift perspective so a metaphor might be if I say um, I am a busy bee the fact I'm saying I'm a busy bee busy bee is the metaphor um, ask them to think of um, and draw a metaphor for how they want the team to be a vision for what fantastic high-performing team looks like. Get them to draw that metaphor, and the draw is important because they'll then have discussions around what great looks like, what a metaphor could be that represents what greats look, great looks like. They'll have to problem solve in terms of how to draw that, and so on. So it's just a really good way um, of getting them into that. You've warmed them up, you've done the introduction, you've said what it's all about as well. And I think it's important when you're doing your introduction that you actually flag that actually being a high performing team is also about well-being, it's about relationships, it's not just about doing and achieving, it's about people feeling this is an amazing place to come to work, these are amazing people to work with and we do amazing things together. So that sort of high performance is what you're aiming for. So you've warmed them up, You've set the objectives and then you're starting to think about aspirationally about how great the team could be and you're going to do that using metaphor and ask them to create a poster which shows their metaphor for that. We use metaphor a lot actually in creative, it's all around us and I wonder if we notice it as much, you know there are films that are based entirely on metaphor like The Matrix for, for instance but we're using metaphor in our everyday lives and it's a really nice thing to use because it just puts a little bit of distance between the aspiration or the problem or the opportunity or whatever it is we're working on and, and, and ourselves so it actually creates some safety, some safe space for people to open up and start to discuss things and safe space is really important because what we're starting to try to, to do is say what great looks like before we get into, well, where are we now and what are the issues with those? 
and I have shared a link to Lencioni's five dysfunctions of a team. Teams that are broken that don't work well together, they might be able to get stuff done. You know, there might still be some delivery things that they do and that they achieve. But if the team is dysfunctional, it won't, of course, be as good as it could be. And it won't achieve all that it could achieve. It won't fulfill its potential. And Lencioni has sort of, there's a pyramid based on his research where at the, right at the bottom of that pyramid is trust. So if teams don't have trust, then it will be very difficult for them to build any high performance on without trust. Trust is the foundation of everything because without trust, the people in the team won't be confident enough to share ideas. They won't be confident enough to challenge. They won't be confident enough to have healthy debate and healthy disagreement because they'll they'll be concerned about how that will be perceived, um, what the other person's going to do, what the other, you know, how the other people will consider them, will that mean that they're treated differently or seen differently. So trust is absolutely fundamental in your journey of facilitation to working with a broken team. So without trust, there is um, a fear of conflict. Without conflict um, and people actually being able to openly say what they think, that leads to a lack of commitment. And the reason people are committed is because, well, they've decided to do all that, you know, they're doing their thing, I'm just going along with it, I'm just doing what I need to do, but they're making the decisions and I disagree with those decisions. So that is that sort of commitment because people haven't felt that they've been able to challenge. So we've got lack of trust leads to a lack of, uh, of confidence when it comes to challenge. And then that leads to a lack of commitment, which leads to a lack of accountability and poor performance or, not, or performance that isn't as great as it could be. You see how all those things fit together. So we're asking them to say what great, you know, what great performance looks like right at the very top of that and start in that place of where everything's working as it should be in their mind and to imagine what that's like and use a metaphor to do that. So when they've done that, I'd ask them to stick that on the wall or put that, put that up somewhere and then move on to doing exactly the same activity but to create a metaphor for how they see the team right now. So something that really represents how they feel about working in that team, the relationships, whatever it is, they, they draw again another metaphor for how, where the team is now. And again, they'll be problem solving. The drawing means they're using different parts of their minds. They're having to sort of have conversations about what a good metaphor would be and why and opening up conversations around how they see things, you know, what life's like being in that team right now as well. We've got a metaphor for where they want to be and a metaphor for where things are now. And the next thing I would do is ask them to take some time, maybe play some music in the background and choose your music carefully, you know, not too many words, not too upbeat, just nice and um, thoughtful music and ask them to individually on post-it notes, write down why they think they are, the team is where it's at and what the, what the reasons for that are. And to write one thing per post-it note, but they can have as many post-it notes as they like. This is really important because it gives people some space to think. It gives people some space to think about how they want to write and communicate uh, what it is that they've got in their minds about the team performance. 
and also it means that there's input from everybody that you're not just getting you know one or two perspectives or you know a couple of points of view that are louder than the others so get them to write individual post-it notes and then I would actually for it depends on the size of the group if it's a huge group probably get them to do this themselves and then roll it up and you facilitate in plenary if it's a small group then I would be clustering taking all the post-it notes in putting them up on a flip chart and having conversations around all of this as well and when you've set the day up you will have said in the introduction that you know this is Chatham House rules which means that anything that is said in the room stays in the room you'll reinforce that you know nothing will be discussed outside of the room unless the whole group agrees that you want people to be open and there's no judgment there's an underlying assumption that everything is going to be said with positive intent and received that way and that there's, there's openness and honesty that everybody speaks with respect and treats each other respectfully so I've set those ground rules in the introduction and, and make sure you know they're adhered to and really try in, in those conversations to coax out some of the things uh, some of the key themes and understanding where people are coming from. Then at this stage you've got a metaphor for where the team wants to be, you've got a metaphor for where they are now and some understanding around why the team are where they are now. If you've done anything like a TMSDI activity at some sort of team profile then this might be a nice time to actually get into the results and show what they say because this can enhance the work that you've just done and people can understand their own profiles but also the profiles of the people around them and what that's you know the impact that's having on the dynamic and through that self-awareness they can then grow and and do a better job of, of of their team working as well after the clustering and you might have done some work on individual styles I would actually do some sharing with them so I'd have either some flip charts prepared or some visuals or maybe a couple of just a couple you don't need loads of PowerPoint slides and I would share with them Lencioni's pyramid with the trust at the bottom uh, conflict commitment accountability and results and I'd also share with them the trust equation again I've let I've put in a link to the video about that and trust in business relationships really depends on three things above one thing at the bottom it's an equation so trust equals credibility plus reliability plus intimacy or openness and that's divided by the perception of self-orientation or self-interest so what that means is that for people to trust each other in business relationships in teams they've got to know that have a sense of credibility i know that people are able to do the job they've got the experience the expertise and so on secondly the reliability that people show up they they're there when times are tough they do what they say they're going to do they follow through on commitments they can be counted on the third thing which is uh, intimacy or openness is that people are authentic they're themselves they are who they say they are you know their behavior is consistent with their actions and also that there is a level of, of self-interest but a self-interest that that is matched by an interest in doing what's best for others as well so there's sort of like a win-win if people perceive that somebody is out only for their own self-interest then that can ruin the whole sort of 
trust relationship that they've got it's really really important so i would talk them through the trust equation and get them to think about how they're behaving as a team where there are strengths in the trust equation but also what can be done in the areas that aren't so strong to really build on that and, and share that when i'm saying after this you know put in breaks all the way through make sure there's time for cups of tea and, and sessions out and, and those sorts of things because what i would then do is, is just to mix it up a little bit i would do some speed dating pairs so people are one-on-one -on -one and you give them one question to discuss and or, or one theme to discuss in their pairs and that's to complete this statement the one thing that i wish you knew about me is that and everybody has got to share that in the pairs and get as many pairs moving around give them a few minutes you know long enough to have a really good conversation but not so long that the conversation drifts into other things and they run out of things to say and it feels a bit too uncomfortable so you've got to judge that right so it's just a few minutes and then try and get everybody you know an opportunity to talk to as many other people as possible with that same thing and and then i would say so what what have you learned from that you know get everybody together and say what have you learned from that everybody write one thing down on a sticky note that you've learned from from those conversations and you'll find there's some compelling and really interesting feedback comes back and then have a a conversation about that rather with the group so so far you have thought about where the team wants to be you've thought about where they are now explored a bit why that might be you've opened up the theme of trust and about team working you might also want to do some work on challenge and being challenged and there are you know there's i guess three key things that i share with groups in this type of environment and they are firstly the key thing to when you're dealing with challenges to depersonalize it you know completely depersonalize the giving and the receiving of challenge so that means don't be personal and don't take it personally and think about the information, the behaviours, the data, if, if you like, around what's going on so that you can step back um, and, and not get too personal with, with that and fit and take it too personally. So that's the first thing. The second thing is a mini session about different perspectives. And I use the dice, the analogy of the dice. So opposite sides of the dice add up to seven. If I'm looking at a five, the person opposite is looking at the two. None of us are right or wrong. Uh, we've just got a different take we're seeing things from a different angle and actually we, we haven't got the full picture either so it's about actually taking time and to walk around to the other person's side of the dice see what they're seeing they don't have to agree but really getting that understanding of, of what people are seeing and where they're coming from and that's a super powerful back to the theme of metaphor super powerful metaphor to use with teams that aren't seeing things the same way is to get them using this dice analogy and have those conversations and the third i guess key thing around challenge is a short session on we're actually all the heroes of our own story so we're in the middle of our own drama we're in the middle of you know we're justifying what we do we're rationalizing everything that we do and, and actually other people are the heroes of their own story too and what we need to do is to create a shared story where we're all the heroes in it together then it's about some idea generation you know really lifting it and thinking about how can you take it forward so you've explored the issues you've you know you've talked about mutual understanding you've explored trust and on some idea generation activities that you can use include things like random stimulus so i love to send people outside as long as the weather's okay and to find something random 
just something that's of interest to them and then I say right in small teams or pairs write down 15 words that describe the object and then I ask them to turn those 15 words into a sentence on the theme of the day so I've sent them outside and let's say they've brought in a traffic cone which seems to be very popular they'd write 15 words down about the traffic cone and then they would turn those 15 words into a sentence about how they could become a better team using every single word and we all have a laugh actually it's, it's really funny and it's a really nice way of getting people smiling and bringing them together and that's so important when you're talking about broken teams especially but when you're talking about any team other things you can do with them are some storyboarding activities so you get them to storyboard from how they get to the current metaphor to the new metaphor and the storyboard you just actually get some some flip chart paper and you you sort of have it in squares six or nine squares the first square is the beginning where they are now and they draw a picture of that the last square is the metaphor where they want to be and the squares in between are all the different things in order that they think they need to do to get from one end to the other. So that's quite a nice thing to do as well. But just make sure you get you end up with you know some some real clarity around the direction going forward. Another nice activity to do is to create a team charter and they can do this with pictures, with sticking, with words, whatever you want to do with cutting out from magazines or headlines or just writing. And a team charter is where the group agrees what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, what do they stand for, what's their mission and purpose and values. And if they're part of a bigger organisation that needs to align, of course, but they can have, you know, what that means for their team and how they're going to celebrate together and some, I guess, guidelines or principles, operating principles around how they're going to communicate with each other, how they're going to disagree, um, how they're going to share information and so on, how they're going to support each other. So creating a nice team charter is another super thing to do. But make sure you end on an action plan, make sure you end on a high so that everybody has had time to speak, really time to think things through and move things on. And if, you know, actually start to see everybody else's point of view and lift the team so that's it from me and i'd really appreciate any feedback that you've got thank you bye for now thank you for tuning in to the idea time podcast brought to you by dr joe north if you haven't already don't forget to subscribe to our channel for even more strategies and advice visit our website ideatime.co.uk Enter your email for leading insights, resources, and more every month completely free. We'll see you next time.